things we always want to remember. If you are here this morning and you're visiting with us, we're so thankful that you're with us this morning. And we do have a visitor packet that we would love for you to have. So maybe you're visiting first time, first time in a long time. If you just raise your hand, one of our ushers does have that visitor packet. Information about the church is in there and uh, some other things for you. There's also a card in there if you fill that out. You could put it in the offering plate, give, us, give it to one of us at the door. If, you, if you're visiting with us first time, first time a long time, just raise your hand. One of our ushers will come. All right, if you need a prayer card this morning, raise your hand, and one of our ushers will bring you a prayer card. If you need to have a prayer request that you want us to remember today, just raise that hand real high right up here up front. And uh, fill that out, put it in the offering plate as well, or give it to us at the door. We'll make sure that we... Read that tonight and also add it to the prayer list. All right. Got a few announcements in our bulletin. It's always a busy time of year, and so we want to make sure that you get a bulletin and, and see what is going on. So tonight, choir, uh, cantata practice. Cantata practice is at 545. 545, so make sure that you're here. Uh, Delmer's preaching out this morning, but he told me last night, he said, make sure you tell him. 545. 45 all right so cantata practice tonight for that youth group on tuesday night right now it's just youth group discovery club was on wednesday night they closed out our their uh year with their thanksgiving program and it was amazing it was so much fun and uh the kids went through their program and they most of them told us something they were thankful for and each one of them was amazing we thankful for that Listen, we've got lots of opportunities over the holiday season for you to uh, give, for you to be a blessing to those around us. And so make sure that you get that. Cooks for Cops is doing a, a thing this year. You can see Tom and Jill Lee about that. I'm pretty sure I saw Tom and Jill. Where are they at? I thought I saw Jill earlier. Anyway, you could see them, if, or you can see Becky Beamer about that. They're gathering some donations until Sunday, December 10th. So don't forget that. Also, we have, uh, I'm looking for it, Christmas care packages for the troops. Today is the last day to bring the donations in for that. All of the things being donated is out there. A list is out there. Maybe you forgot, bring it tonight with you. Uh, so get that. Again, lots and lots of different things. So please make sure you remember those. Uh, I also was told to make sure that I announced the Owl's Dinner, December the 10th. They need you to sign up for that and get all of that stuff in there. Tons of stuff going on. Please make sure that you get a bulletin uh, and you get all of the great things that are going on during the Christmas season. We're just blessed by all of that. All right, at this time we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. TJ, would you ask a blessing on the offering? Stand to preach today, Lord. Just pray today if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, that 
today would be the day they come to know you, Lord. We pray you bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver of life. In your name we pray. Amen. Page 185. 185. Glory to his name. Everybody stand. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood of life. Glory to His name, glory to His name, glory to His name, there to my heart was the blood. much, but this song was on my mind this morning. When I got up this morning, I uh, eventually got on and, and saw that somebody had posted something about a friend of theirs that had recently passed away. And I don't know this friend, I don't know this person, um, but uh, and maybe it's wrong of me to make a, make a judgment call, because uh, I don't know this person, really. And, um, but... I have, a, I have a sense of the life that they lived, and the life that they lived wasn't the life of one that follows Jesus. And, uh, and, and they said in the post that they were just glad that they weren't suffering anymore. And I just couldn't help 
but just to be saddened for that situation because like I said this person didn't live a life that had fruit that, that resembled Jesus Christ it, it just the evidence wasn't there and if he suffered here on this earth I'm just afraid that he's suffering more now where he's at and and in that moment I was thankful for my salvation and what God did for me back in that ball field and that's when I, when I hear this song it starts out I, I drove by the place today where the Holy Ghost in his own way showed me in my heart that I was lost and I remember when God was dealing with me because I had I'd grown up in church I'd grown up here and all I could think about after reading that was was up in that ball field when God started after he'd been dealing with me for so long and I'd been fighting with him and, and all I could think about at that moment when God when that preacher was preaching it what if I stood before God that day and I said but God I, I grew up in church my whole life but God, my, my, my dad was a preacher. They were singers. I was in church more than I was out of church, it seemed. Uh, my, 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 my family is like deep into this church. My grandfather donated this ground. I mean, I've got all kinds of connections to the church. And I've done all these things in your name. But man, it was so real in my life right then at that moment. That what if God was to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Boy, I'm thankful for a good God that looked past my failures, past my faults, and he yanked me up out of sin, and he set my feet on a sure foundation, on Christ, the solid rock. I wanna sing this song. I know we got Christmas up, and we're easing right into Christmas, but Thanksgiving was just yes the other day. Let's give thanks that God saw you where you were and even though he saw you in your condition and in your sin, he reached down and he snatched you up and he saved you. And if you don't know him here today, he can do that for you today. He can do that for you today just like he did for me and so many in this room. If you've never trusted him as your savior, if, you've, if, you've got, if you're just so wrapped up in just this world, in, in the strongholds of this world, Jesus has something for you that, that you, just, you just don't even... just. Can't even, can't even realize, don't even understand. He can save you from your life of sin today. And he sets your rock. And when you stand before him, he'll say, enter in. I can't wait to hear those words. And forever worship our Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me.
up or nothing, but I'm going to be real quick. This morning and this evening, I've got Thanksgiving messages that were coming out of the book of Psalms, and this phrase is all throughout them, that we will give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever and ever. Boy, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, His mercy is so overwhelming. His goodness to us is shown over and over again. Man, I, I wanted Daryl to sing this as an old song, but I'm telling you, it's one that's been blessing our hearts for a long time. Man, thank, let's just praise the Lord that he's good to us. Yeah. He does not have to be. He is a holy and just God. And as a matter of fact, to show us his goodness, it cost him his own son. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Let's praise him for being good to us this morning.
which were many, he forgave and forgot them. Oh, I know the Lord is
nights where dreams were shattered and you felt you lost the race where the only thing that's left is sorrow and pain you wondered if you mattered or did anyone see you
more. I take too much of Brother Mike's uh, time to preach, but um, yesterday I was with my wife and we had one of the cars and uh, that we not normally take to the bank and she went inside to get some 50s or whatever and uh, I'm sitting in the car wondering what I could do. You know, I, I hate to waste time. And so I'm in the car and it's the older car that we have and I'm looking in the glove compartment and here's two bilingual tracks in there so I said what am I going to do with these and right next to me a Mexican fella Spanish fella I don't know uh, parks next to me and I said can I give this to you and he took it only two of them only two tracks I have I gave him one of them Two minutes later, another Mexican guy comes up, parks next to me. <laughs> I said, these are in here for years in the glove compartment. I haven't touched them. And he came by the car, comes even by the car. And I said, uh, como usted espanol or something like that. And she, he says, si. And that's all I know. Como usted, usted espanol. That's, that, that, that ends it. And uh, he took it two tracks just like that and you know what here's a guy who got saved when he was 35 with a Bible track can you prove there is no hell and I got saved six months later Amen. so what am I saying Pastor Mike I'm saying those two fellas are reading the word of God Amen. in those tracks and who knows by grace through faith they might get saved Amen. and I wish that you would do the same thing Amen. Thank you, Brother Harry, for a testimony this morning. And I think it's amazing when we think about what, how the Lord saved us, and then we go out and do the same thing, man, that's, that's absolutely wonderful. And so you be praying with Harry about those tracks he gave out. I don't know. You know, there's lots of ways you can witness. Lots of ways. And people say all the time, well, I can't do that. It's not, you know, it's outside. You know what? We're all commanded to give the word of God. Some way or another, some way or another. So you figure out how God has gifted you to do that. And I'll tell you, it'll be the joy of your life. Harry, I bet all day Harry's been dying to give that testimony. Have you, Harry? Yes, right? Because he's excited about what the Lord's doing, using him. We praise the Lord for that. All right, Psalm 118. Psalm 1, yeah, absolutely.
always in the Lord. Always opportunities to speak about the Lord. All right, Psalm 118. I want to do something this morning as we read this psalm. It is 29 verses. I want us to, so that we can study it a little bit better, I want to almost, as it were, outline it kind of as we read through it so that we can uh, make sure that when I go to, to preach it that you'll be on the same page with me. You know that I've been preaching these psalms and we've been doing it in a very specific way and we've been trying to make sure that we, that we put it together. So I'm just going to read through the psalm and I know it's a few verses but I feel it's important this morning to go ahead and read them and you know what? We need more of the Word of God, not less of the Word of God. So we'll read the whole psalm. It has a great flow to it. It has a beautiful poeticness about it. And so we're, we want it to come through this morning as we use it. So Psalm 118, starting there in verse 1, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Now you know why I wanted to sing that song. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them that now fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. So now through those verses, he has set up to us the information that we need. Those that are of the house of Israel, those that are of the house of Aaron, and all those that fear the Lord, he's calling upon all of those groups of people to praise the Lord, to give thanks to the Lord, and to remember that his mercy endures forever. And so then he starts to go into the meat of it. And his first one that he comes through here uh, is a, a growing process as he is talking about how we deal with the Lord. Verse number five, I called upon the Lord in distress the Lord, the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. In princes. All nations compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about, yea, they compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compassed me about like bees, they are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. Now we see a shift, a shift that starts to speak of the help of the Lord and, the, and specifically the right hand. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord 
into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone, which the builders refused, is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which has showed us light. Find the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, and I will exalt thee. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are asking you this morning to help us. Your word is absolutely amazing. It's powerful. Dear Lord, you know this morning that it is our prayer to present it so clearly this morning. I believe with all of my heart it has a greater power than I could ever think to match with some sort of, of wisdom of my own, with some sort of, uh, 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 of sayings or, or, or even, even my dissection of it is not near as good. It should all point to the glory of the word itself to the fact that you have given us this word so that we might show it to the world so they could see a Savior that's died for them. Dear Lord, we see that plainly this morning. That's what we want to do. We want to come straight to the word. We want to show them how it points to Jesus Christ. We want to ask them if they have experienced the saving power of Jesus Christ in their life. Dear God, humbly ask them, if they have not, would they put their faith in Jesus Christ this morning? Would they say, I will, I will come and I will say that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. We thank you, God, for your word this morning. Use it in a mighty way. In your name we pray. Amen. I already kind of gave you a little bit of where I'm going with the outline this morning. I want us, though, to focus a little bit, though, on it because this is so important. When we go through verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, we see our introduction, or as it were, our purpose for this psalm. We see that he is calling us to give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever and ever. That phrase and phrases like it are found all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, almost 41 times, well, 41 times you're going to find it in the book of Psalms in some sort of way or the other. As a matter of fact, for the Hebrew people and for those that would have been worshiping out of the book of Psalms, it would have been a call and response to where the psalmist would say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And the congregation would respond, For he is good because his mercy endureth forever. And so for them, this was a phrase that they would find everywhere that they would go. 
I think it's important as we look to this this morning that we understand a few things that are important about it. Number one, it is good for us to have things that are familiar with us as we go and we worship the Lord. I understand that sometimes we are worried about things being lost in repetitiveness, but yet at the same time, there's some things that should be placed down deep in our soul that are second nature to us about what we say about the Lord. I think this is important why we teach our children. I think this is important why Bible memorization is important. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's some things about the word of God that we ought to be able to say, that we ought to be able to repeat, that they flow out of our tongue and out of our mouth. And I know that sometimes you might go through them out of the repetition of life. But God wants to place it down deep in your heart like second nature. So there comes a point, there comes a time when you might not feel like praising the Lord, when the circumstances are not appropriate for it in the mindset of everybody else. But for you, it has been planted deep in your heart so that when the trial comes and when the tough time comes, your response is, the Lord is good. You don't even think about it. It's not questioned in your mind because it has been placed down deep in your soul. And for the Jewish person who has faced discrimination, persecution, and the possible, and the, and the, 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 the oh man, my words are getting tied this morning, which I hate that, but they've been tried to be terminated all across the world. But yet he says, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. It's down deep inside of you. And here the psalmist wants you to know, it doesn't matter. The Lord is good. And so he says, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. But then, And so these are the reasons that we give thanks to the Lord. I could preach on this, but it's not the point this morning. I want to get to where I'm going. It's easy to expound that scripture, isn't it? We should give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. His goodness is different than the goodness of any other little G God or anything that could compare. There is nothing that compares to the goodness of God. I've said it over and over. One of the simplest songs that we sing in our choir is I have about I have lived in the goodness of God. What an amazing effect that has on our congregation. Amen? Because simply considering the goodness of God over and over in our life is overwhelming. So we are giving thanks to God, number one, because he's good and because of his mercy that endureth forever. His mercy is not just for a space. Boy, I hope you get a hold of that. It's not just for a moment. If God has shown you mercy, then that mercy is forever. God is a God of covenant promises. When he makes a promise, it's forever. When he makes a promise, he cannot break it. God is a God whose mercy, according to his loving kindness, according to his covenant promise, will never, ever stop. It causes him to be worthy of praise. That's not the purpose. That's just where we start this morning. Now, I want you to notice this. We have a type of progression. 
There's a lot of preaching that could be done. This might find you, you might find this interesting. But if you wanted to, and you wanted to look at how it affects Israel, how it affects the house of Aaron, and how it affects the fear of the Lord, that could be an interesting study that you could do on your own. There's a little homework if you feel so inclined, okay? But that's not going to be our focus this morning. We're going to move through the progression as he makes it. Notice this number one in, first, in verse number five. I called upon the Lord in distress. I called upon the Lord in distress. The first call of most of us towards the Lord is a call of distress. Did you know that? Most of us, the first time that we call upon the Lord or seek the Lord or look for the Lord is because there is a problem there is something that has gone wrong in our life and we come to the Lord for God to fix it. Oh God, hey, this is so often. You find somebody that visits your church. Oftentimes, it's not always the case. A lot of times they're looking for a church home or looking for this. But there's so many times that somebody comes into your church and you, you get to know them and you're like, well, why did you come? And they're like, well, you know what? Things just aren't going good. You know what? As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and do some preaching this morning. You know why a lot of people find their way back to church? is because of a problem in their life. They grew up in church and they seemed to stray away and things weren't going so good. But all of a sudden something bad happened. And what are they going to do? Call out to the Lord. And a lot of times we say, oh, you know, they should have been in God's house the whole time. Oh, they should have been this or they should have been that. Yeah, you might be right, but I'm glad that now they're calling on the Lord. And you know what? Before you get too high on your horse, aren't you glad that when your time of need and when you were probably, man, you might have been sitting in church and you might have been doing great, but you still had a need of God that you could call out to him in your time of distress too? Don't look down the pew with despair and, and be like, oh, you know, they, whatever. Listen, it is by design that God has called, that God has made a way. As a matter of fact, it is God's planning and timing that he lets us go through those things in life so that we would call upon God. Did you realize that? Because you are not naturally bent on your own towards God. You're going to seek your own. Without a little nudge, you're not looking for God. You're not. The heart of man is desperately wicked, and who could know it? He seeks no good, but he seeks only his own. As a matter of fact, God uh, speaks about man and his wickedness, and that every imagination of his thoughts, you remember that in the book of Genesis, continually was towards evil. There is absolutely no way that we could hardly even know the depths of the depravity that we would find ourselves in except for God would be shining some light in our direction and be pushing us towards his son. And so in distress, we call out to God. In our time of need, we say, God, please help us. Our first call to God is usually an SOS. God, help us. God, save us. We need you. And that's a good place to be. 
It's a good place to be. Secondly, I, we got to keep going because I got to get, get through. I want to get through. I don't have to. I want to. Amen. Number two. So the first one is the psalmist says, a call of distress. I called upon the Lord and he heard me and he answered my plea. Then number, that's wonderful. I don't even have time to preach that. But he doesn't just say there's a call of distress. And I really wish, but it, the Lord answered me, set me in a large place. Man, I will praise the Lord because he heard me when I cried to him. He is not obliged to listen to me, but he does. I'm, I'm, I'm finding stuff in my notes as I'm going. Sorry, I want to get to the next point. Number two, it's not only a call out of distress, but it's a call to worship and sing. Look at verse number 14. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my song. We see a growing in the life of the psalmist to where I move from calling on God only in my times of distress to where I call upon him often. I call upon him realizing he is my strength for everything that I need. And then he becomes my song. And what is he saying with that? He is saying that he becomes the theme of what I am doing. It's like he's saying he is now my theme song. He is what I go to. He is what I look to. He is every day for me. This is where we move to as we grow in the Lord. We find ourselves at the beginning only calling on God when we need Him. But all of a sudden, through the trials of life, as we find God faithful, as we find God true, as we see Him providing time and time again, go ahead and keep reading the rest of the psalm. As a matter of fact, what does he say? He said, I have found that it's better to trust in God than to trust in people. I found that in God, it's better to trust in God than in governments and in princes and in kings. He said, listen, I am learning to lean on Jesus. And now I have arrived at a place where he is my song. He is my strength. He is everything that I need every day. I will sing the praise of the Lord every day when I get up. He's worthy. He's everything. He's all I need. He's the theme of my life. He moves me. And so the psalmist says, I move from a place where I'm calling upon him just when I get in trouble. But now I'm calling on him every morning. Why? Because I need him and I love him. And he fills me up. He gives me more than I. Look what he says. That verse. Let's keep reading. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. And then we're going to get into the good stuff. Are you ready for this? A call, to a call out of distress, a call to worship and sing, and then a call to a Savior. I've been reading these psalms, and I was sharing a little bit, and I've just been reading right through them, and I keep going back and reading again. As a matter of fact, I've just been getting to where I put them on my Bible app in the car and just listen to them. You know what? The And I'm getting more convinced. I want to preach these later about that that David knew who the good shepherd was. Boy, did David know who the good shepherd was. And over and over, what do we see in the book of Psalms? We see Jesus Christ portrayed over and over and over. Here is a call to a Savior. 
Notice what he says in verse, right at the end of verse number 15, right after that semi or that colon that's right there. Then he says this, the right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. There is one who sits at the right hand of the Father. His name is Jesus Christ. When we come to this passage of scripture, David, more likely than not, David is the one that pens Psalm 118. And as he is looking forward, even though he is unaware of all of the things of who Jesus is and what he'll look like, even though he's unaware that out of his own house is this young man going to come who one day will rule the world and will be the king of kings and lord of lords. But the thing that he does know is that he is issued out of the right hand of Jehovah God himself. And he says this about that right hand. He said, the right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. He will go forth and do valiant things. What does that mean? It means noble things. It means high things. It means things, and this is good stuff, it means things that, that common people can't do. He's going to do great things. I can't die for your sins. I'm not that noble. I'm not that valiant. I have nothing to bring. But there is one who does valiantly. There is one who is noble. There is one who is high above all, who now sits at the right hand of the Father. And inside of his hands are the proof of what he could do for us. He has died on the cross for our sins. A call to a Savior. Let's go through the... I, I got to go through. This is the heart of the message. Verse 16. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Notice what he says here. The Lord has chastened me sore. I have felt the reproof of God. I have felt his chastisement upon me, but I'm starting to understand that this was a good thing for me. But he hath not given me over to death. The Lord is not chastising me so that I would end up dead. The Lord is chastising me to turn me around to life and to life everlasting. For those that are a part of the family of God, we start to see, we, we know this, don't we? But look at how the psalmist is playing it out. We start to see that even the bad times in life is God bringing me closer to him. Sometimes it feels like it'll kill me. Sometimes it'll feel like it will destroy me. Sometimes we think we can't make it through. But as we walk with the Lord, we start to see and understand that he wants to be your all in all. And it's bringing us to him. The chastisement of the Lord was sore. It hurt while I walked through it but it wasn't going to kill me. And he was bringing me to him. The salvation of the right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Notice as he goes down to verse number 22, and he speaks of this one. I mean, I just don't have time. There's so much in this. But as we go down, I, I got to go to verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. Open the gates of righteousness. A door, a gate, a place to go in, 
There is no other place to go into righteousness except through Jesus Christ himself. As a matter of fact, as the psalmist is speaking of this, and if you were to go and do a little bit of your Hebrew research, you're going to find that as he uses the gate of righteousness, we know it's the entrance to a city, but when he speaks of it as righteousness, he is speaking of a heavenly place. And I'm so glad that Jesus Christ made a way that I could have eternal life, that I could enter into righteousness, that I could go into the heavenly city. It is not possible on my own. It is not possible under my own efforts, but Jesus Christ himself, and we, so we see that he's speaking of it. And then our most beautiful passage in here, verse number 22, the stone which the builders refused is become the, the head stone of the corner. Prophetic in every instance that we see that this is the stone. Paul is going to talk about this later. He's even going to quote these passages of Scripture, that Jesus Christ is that rock, is the stone that the builders... Jesus Christ himself said, I am the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. He is the foundation of everything that we build upon. When we come to Jesus Christ we find that we're not just finding a Savior who wants to grant us entrance into heaven as if we are being receiving some you know, magical uh, uh, wish to our dream. No, we are finding the foundation that we build our entire life upon. And I want you to listen to this part, and I'm almost done, I promise. When we come to Jesus Christ, we do not find a part of our life we do not find a section of it that helps us. We do not find something. No. When we come to Jesus Christ, we find the foundation that we build the entire, every bit of our life upon. You build your family upon it. You build your finances upon it. You build your focus for life upon it. You build everything that you do comes into the light of is this built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ or not? And we already know by Jesus Christ's words himself, and you might be able to say amen, and you might be able to say oh my, that the things in your life that you've built upon the foundation of Christ have flourished, and the things that you have neglected Christ's consideration on have failed. Have failed. Because we're really good at compartmentalizing, aren't we? We're going to come along and say, I'm going to trust in Jesus so I'll go to heaven, but the rest of my life is mine, and I'm going to do what I want with it. It doesn't work that way. You either build your whole life upon the foundation, or you might as well quit playing around with it. I know. That's sometimes we think of that hard preaching or whatever. It's really not. It's just basic. We come to Christ and we make him the foundation of everything that we are doing. Jesus Christ said as he was walking upon this earth, he turned around at all of those that were amazed at his miracle and he said, unless you eat of my flesh, you cannot be a part of me. Everybody is like, what in the world does that mean? What he means and what he is saying is unless you take all of me in, you can't have any of me. 
And over and over he speaks of that truth. You're going to eat of my flesh. You're going to drink of my blood. And then later on in the book of Revelation, he says, listen, if you can't take all of this word, you can't take any of me. Don't add to it and don't subtract to it. And if you can't take it all, then quit playing. Stop. You're not helping yourself. And you're bringing a reproach to the name of Jesus Christ. Don't lead somebody else astray in your folly. Don't be a terrible testimony saying, oh yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I know what the Bible says about that, but we don't really have to live like that. No, you really have to live like that. We take it all in or we take none of it in. He is the foundation that we build upon. He becomes everything. He is what we are calling out to. Verse 25. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. The prosperity of the Lord is amazing. The goodness of God is overflowing. What God has provided for us in salvation, as a matter of fact, the book of Ephesians tells us that we will receive the riches, heavenly riches, in Christ Jesus. It's amazing what he has for us. Then he caps it off with it again. Verse number 29. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. I just want to ask you this morning a simple thing. Do you give thanks for the Lord? I'm not just talking about, you know, the, oh, you know, I'm thankful for, I'm talking about, do you live thankful? And there's so much we could go, but I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do that work. Jesus told a lot of parables, letting us know whether or not we were thankful, what the proper response was, the understanding of the gift that was given to us and whether our response is correct. just want to ask you this morning, are you thankful for what God has done? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe I had a little over-preparation today for my sermon. But I want to close it with this. I go there often this time of year. To Romans chapter number 3 where he speaks about the devastation of those that are not thankful. The ruin that comes in their life. The complete and utter despair. I believe it really starts right with this one attitude in our heart of are we really thankful? Or can we just let it roll off our back? This morning as we close out, the Thanksgiving season. We move quickly into Christmas. Wanted to bring it to you one more time. Are you thankful for Jesus Christ? Are you aware of what he's done for you? Are you living your life? Are you living your life in response to him? See, that's the proof right there. It's not, it's not that it saves you. No, no, no. Please don't misunderstand me. It's not that your good work saves you, but it shows that in your heart there is an understanding of what has taken place for you. 
and therefore you live for him. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them all be to sing thy praise. Do we live our lives for him or do we still live them for us? Dear Heavenly Father, be with this invitation. Be with what we're doing today. God, this is an important time. Let us do business with the Lord this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we stand. So deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. Sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice. Call.